following is a presentation of the Retro Network. This episode of the Retro Network Time Machine is brought to you by Retro Days, a fun online community at retro-daze.org and the Retro Days YouTube channel featuring the RD's Retro Detention Series. Click the links in today's show notes to connect now. And by the Retro Network on Patreon. Fans can sign up now for just a dollar a month to unlock great bonus content or become a Retro Network VIP. $2 gains access to the VIP lounge on the Slack app or $5 opens the VIP Vault audio archive with over 100 podcasts, including new episodes of the weekly After Hours podcast with Jason and Mickey. Patreon.com forward slash The Retro Network or click the link in today's show notes to sign up now. Your vehicle to the past doesn't need roads or even 1.21 gigawatts. It's the Retro Network Time Machine with Jason and Mickey! Yes, the Retro Network Time Machine is here once again, ready to travel back to our pop culture past. You've got Jason here alongside Mickey. Oh, that's my cue, isn't it? Yeah. Hey, hey. Are you taking a little nap over there? I know you're working long to. hours. About to. <laughs> Cutting into your sleep time. <laughs> it is past, well, it's almost my bedtime as we're recording this. Man. Well, how has your uh, week been? Busy, busy, busy? Busy and aggravating. Work is as aggravating as it's ever been. Uh, sorry to hear that. And let me tell you what my fine friends at Taco Bell done to me tonight. Oh, no. The night we record, I'm here by myself, generally. And for a change, I said, I want to eat out, and I'm going to stop it. I thought I'd slum it up a little bit and go to Taco Bell. And I ordered my new normal, since they no longer have the Mexican pizza. I ordered uh, some soft tacos with extra cheese. And I like to, I've got like a 10-minute drive home from that Taco Bell. I like to roll the top of the bag down, let the cheese get all good and melty, you know. Mm-hmm. And I come in, and I sit down, and. I open the first taco up and I take a bite and I'm like, hmm, that's weird. Oh no. It was not extra cheese. It was extra lettuce that they put on them. Oh. And I checked my receipt and sure enough, they charged me for extra cheese, which you know is pretty expensive. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that stinks. Been nothing, that week. nothing makes me more irritated when I look in the bag and there's something wrong than missing the sauce. Like if you're Taco Bell... They usually ask me at the, you know, the speaker, what sauce do you want? And I'm usually like hot sauce and I've opened up the box and there's no sauce in there. I'm like, come on, man. This is supposed to be like part of the meal itself. You've got to include the sauce. Yeah. It's and, not like you ask them. They asked you about the sauce. Right. Right. They should have had their hand at the ready to just grab the sauce as soon as you mentioned it. <laughs> Yeah, but, you know, it is what it is, and KFC has done that to me before. Sometimes I'll get hungry just for their uh, the chicken fingers, the chicken tenders, and I love the KFC sauce, and you specifically ask for after they want to know what kind of sauce you want with your tenders, and it's not in the bag, and I'm like, I can't do, like, ketchup. Some people can just, you know, whatever sauces or ketchup or whatever you've got available to you to dip in. I can't. I just can't. <laughs> well, 
here's a, a thought that might work for you is you've got to make them really focus on you. And the way you do that is when they say what kind of sauce you want, come up with something off the wall. Like, uh, have you got any mayonnaise mixed with pancake batter? And they'd be like, <laughs> do what? And then you say, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, you got that KFC sauce, right? And they're going to remember it at that point. You're not going to not get out of there with your sauce. Oh, I just had an idea. So you and your uh, maple mayo, you know, they mm-hmm. got the honey sauce and asked for mayonnaise and we could whip that together. Yeah, I don't see know what about that. Does. that. No? Maple has a distinct. No, I don't, I don't know about honey and mayonnaise. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm always looking for new, new things to, to try. Have you ever watched those YouTube videos that different food review people do? where I don't even know if it's popular now. It was several months ago. They would go to the drive-thru and just say, I want whatever the person in front of me just ordered. And they would just review whatever that stuff was. I'm thinking, what if you're behind a moron? Right. Yeah. You you don't want like take for what I just said, for example, well, sir, they they ordered a crunch wrap Supreme loaded with mayonnaise instead of hamburger. (laughs) Well, Who's the moron now? Them or me? Because I ordered the same freaking thing. <laughs> right. And I also, guess... you don't know what the cost is going to be. Right, I watched, yeah. I watched one video where the guy's like, don't tell me what they ordered, but I want to order every, exactly what they ordered in front of me. And he's punching it up. It was like $40 worth of yeah, stuff. Right, yeah. <laughs> they ordered the freaking menu. I've seen people do that. I'm like, what is taking so long? Are you ordering the menu? But I'm kind of like that where if when I pull up to the speaker and if their order is still on the screen, I'm curious. I want to know what they ordered. And I've seen people order like, you know, just a small coffee or something in the morning or, you know, three orange juices. (laughs) Well, what am I going to do with that? You know, I want something to eat. So I don't think that would work, but I am curious about what other people are ordering. (laughs) So (laughs) anyway. Well, how about we get on uh, with the show since your time is precious and you need some pillow time for too long here, and we'll jump in the time machine. What? Uh, where are we going this week? 1996, as we, I guess, what we're counting down our favorite movies of 1996. That's right. Yeah. What is that? 25 years ago. On the you nose. Talk, we talked about throughout 91 or 96 because they were nice round numbers and. You had a good reason. We just done the 1991 time machine. So you wanted to do 96. And then I also thought, you know, the guys at box office 30 here on the retro network are currently doing the year of 1991 anyway. So we'll give a little variety and go with 1996, which was a good year because that was one of the, I don't know, about a good three year run that I was going to the little movie theater. And then Mm -hmm. I started going to the bigger one. It opened in 97 and those movies for some reason, well, no, I know the reason. I don't remember as much about those movies I saw at that point, but that's mm-hmm. other reasons, neither here nor there. Yeah, the uh, we'll give the box office 30 guys something to look forward to, you know, in five years. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, but, they should look forward if they just hear we're, we're speaking about them and talking good about them. That should get them excited enough for now anyway. Yeah, a uh, fun episode just I listened to this week of uh, reviewing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 movie. So... If you guys don't listen to Box Office 30, there's a cheap plug. But yeah, 96 was a great year. Was that your uh, graduating year, 96? It was. Okay. And 96 was the year that I finally made the leap to college. I I took about a year and a half off between graduating high school and going to college. So the spring semester of 96 is 
when I started. So yeah, a little bit different uh, times for us, but still definitely memorable. All right, well, let's, uh, let's jump in the time machine, head back to 1996 and see what some of the movies were playing then. All right, here we are in 1996, and I thought for context, Mick, we could uh, go over the top 10 movies at the box office and do a quick look at uh, some of the award winners, like uh, mainly from the Oscars and the Razzies, just because uh, I, <laughs> I like to see what uh, people thought was bad that year. But uh, pretty good year for 1996. The top 10 at the box office... And we'll just kind of skim through these in case there's some on our lists. Uh, number 10 was Eraser with Arnold and Vanessa Williams, $226 million. I'm not sure I've ever seen that, man. Uh, yeah, I probably hadn't either. Not that I remember. I'm not an Arnold fan. I was thinking it was some kind of amnesia movie. Anyway, uh, number 9, Jerry Maguire with, uh, of course, Tom Cruise, Renee Zellweger, Cuba Gooding Jr., $273.5 million. Number eight, The Nutty Professor with Eddie Murphy. Just sneaked into the number eight at $273.9 million. Only 400000 separating the two. Number seven, Ransom. Mel Gibson. I had forgot this was directed by Ron Howard. Hmm. Uh, $309 million for Ransom. Number six, was the live-action 101 Dalmatians with uh, Glenn Close, of course, from Disney, $320 million. They're uh, rebooting that or remaking that here soon. I've seen the trailer. I didn't care then, and I don't care now. <laughs> okay. She's got a great car, Corella DeVille. I like her car. Uh, number five, The Hunchback of Notre Dame Disney movie, $325 million. That was the biggest what I would call kids' movie of the year, 96. Number four, The Rock. Sean Connery, Nicolas Cage, Ed Harris, $335 million. Number three, the original or the first Mission Impossible. Another Tom Cruise movie. And John Voight, $457 million. Let's not kid ourselves. John Voight drew that number. Not Tom Cruise. <laughs> Number two at the box office, Twister. Bill Paxton, Helen Hunt, $494 million. And now listen to this jump up to number one. Twister was $494. The number one movie made $817 million. Independence Day. Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman. Yes. Well-deserved being that number. And that was just a huge, huge opening. And you think about inflation, it would be almost twice that today. Yeah. You think about a movie 25 years ago nearly pulling in a billion. I mean, that's huge. Mm -hmm. And when was Titanic? I think that was maybe the next year. Yeah. yeah. And that was over a billion, I think. That was the first one maybe to pull over a billion at the box office. So and that that's had Bill Pullman in it too, didn't it? Uh, did it? Wasn't he the... The guy on the ship? I don't think so. In the modern times? 
Uh, no, that was um, that was Bill Paxton. Not Bill oh yeah, 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 yeah. Bill Paxton, who was in Twister. Yeah, you're right. I that was space, and I was like, I don't remember him being uh, on the ship going down. No, you're talking about yeah when they were flashing to the future there. Okay, well that was your top ten. The Oscar awards. We'll zip through these. The English Patient was the big winner. Best Picture, Best Director, Best Supporting Actress, Juliette Binoche or Binoche. Jeffrey Rush won Best Actor for Shine. Never seen that. Frances McDermott won Best Actress for Fargo. And Fargo also won Best Original Screenplay for the Coen Brothers. Uh, of course, Cuba Gooding Jr. won Best Supporting Actor for Jerry Maguire. Best Adapted Screenplay went to Billy Bob Thornton for Sling Blade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Best Original Song, Madonna's You Must Love Me from Evita. I have been uh, nearly tortured to uh, watch that movie <laughs> countless times. Uh, thanks to my wife. All right, let's look at the Razzies. This is what we came to, to talk about here. I love going through the Razzies. The worst picture, according to the Razzies for 1996, the nominees were Striptease, Barbed Wire, Ed, The Island of Dr. Moreau remake, and a movie called The Stupids. Striptease won that for worst picture. That is just a crime. Another great Burt Reynolds movie. I remember renting it, but I don't think I've watched it since. So, uh, worst actor went to, it was actually a tie between Tom Arnold, who was in the movie, the stupids also big bully and carpool. I don't, I've never seen any of those. And then he was tied with Polly shore for uh, biodome as the worst actor also nominated in there. Keanu Reeves for chain reaction, Adam Sandler and bulletproof and happy Gilmore, Sylvester Stallone and daylight. Uh, worst actress went to Demi Moore hey, for striptease and the juror. It wasn't much acting in that movie. Come on. I don't know. She, she got very prepared for that role. She started hanging out at strip clubs. She took uh strip dance classes. She worked out. She got in shape. I mean, she put a lot into that role. Yeah. You could say that. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's, Let's see. Worst supporting actor, Marlon Brando in Island of Dr. Moreau. Nobody cares. Uh, worst supporting actress, Melanie Griffith for Mulholland Falls. Worst screen couple, Demi Moore and Burt Reynolds in Striptease. Oh, come on now. This... Somebody's <sighs> playing a prank here. The Razzies did not like Striptease because it also got the worst screenplay, uh, worst director, the worst new star. The, the, here's your nominees for this. Pamela Anderson won this one for Barbed Wire. We also had Beavis and Butthead in there for Beavis and Butthead to America. Ellen DeGeneres and Mr. Wrong. And they also gave like a nomination to all of the Friends stars that were in movies that year. Jennifer Aniston, Lisa Kudrow, Matt LeBlanc. They all were in like their movies this year. They just, I'm, we're going to nominate them as the worst new stars. And then, okay, so this is a weird category. I had never knew there was a Razzie category. The worst written film grossing over $100 million. Hmm. And that went to Twister. What? The other And the other nominations were The Hunchback of Notre Dame, Independence Day, Mission Impossible, and A Time to Kill. So I, 
worst written film. I don't understand that. Trying Unless to... it was a film that was a story that was written to be a movie, not like adapted from a novel or true right. story or something, maybe. Well, but The Time to Kill was based on a novel. Hmm. Well, then I, I don't know. know. That's weird. Anyway, those were some of your Razzie Awards from 1996. Cool. So let's, uh, let's go ahead and, and start our lists. Uh, who wants to go first? It don't matter to me. I'll go first this week. And I've got these in one to five order here. Do you have yours in one to five, or are you just kind of picking whatever? I, I've Well, I, I've got more than five movies here, so I, I'm not sure yet where falls where. Okay. You going backwards five to one or one right, to five? Right, right. Yeah, let's go okay. five to one. All right. I'll try to start putting some numbers on this here. Yeah, I did five. like uh, five to one and then some honorable mentions as well that just didn't quite crack the top five. All right, number five for me, I saw in the theater... Uh, it's just a fun movie. My favorite part is in the movie is when uh, Steven Seagal dies because he, <laughs> I was just never a Steven Seagal fan. And uh, the movie is Executive Decision, the uh, the plane hijacking movie. And there's a, it's a great cast. I love the cast, but I remember you know being I don't know maybe 15 minutes into the movie. Spoiler alerts, of course. Uh, he's got this team together, you know, and they've got this plane that goes up and they have like a tube that connects to the passenger plane. And that's how they get all of the soldiers up into it, you know, mm-hmm. and it starts to disintegrate and Steven Seagal's like caught in the middle and he, I can't remember if it's John Leguizamo or one of the other guys yells down, uh, we're not going to make it. And <laughs> Seagal says, you are, and he like closes off the hatch, and you see his body like flying out of that tube in between the planes. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I like the movie. Halle Berry, of course, is uh, you know the main actress in the in the movie, one of the stewardesses, and I, it was just uh, a, a nice kind of thriller. And like I said, the the cast is great. John Leguizamo, you've got uh, Oliver Platt, and just these kind of supporting actors that all had some great lines and stuff in the movie as well. Of course, Kurt Russell is the other star. But um, yeah, out of executive decision, I, I thought I'd take a little flyer there, because I remember watching that in the theater and, and renting it several times over the years. So, Well, I, I've never watched it. I might have to put that on my watch list. It is uh, uh, currently on somewhere. I looked up the movies I picked here, at least some of them, and that one's right now on Cinemax. Mm. I thought Cinemax was part of like the HBO Max deal, but I guess it's not. It's still a separate thing. Hmm. You know, HBO and Cinemax always went together, right? And I was like, HBO Max, like HBO and Cinemax, but apparently not. They still have their own little streaming gig. Hmm. That's where that one is. Anyway. What's uh? What's your number five choice? Well, I'm taking a flyer here too. Have you seen the uh, the Samuel L. Jackson movie, The Great White Hype? I have not. That is a fun movie from 1996, and I put it at number five on my list. It's kind of like a a riff on Don King and Mike Tyson. That uh, Samuel L. Jackson plays the Sultan. He's the boxing promoter, and you've got his champion uh, played by Damon Wayans. 
James the Grim Reaper Roper. And uh, they have his opponents keep falling quickly and they're having trouble selling their pay-per-views. So uh, they decide that they do the research and the biggest drawing fight of all time was Cooney versus Holmes because Cooney was a white boy, the great mm-hmm. white hope. And so they create this white contender and the whole movie is about the hype machine and building him up and all the little things they do. And uh, the only person he had ever lost to in his amateur career was a white guy. So they go dig him out of mothballs, <laughs> and you know, so they've got the backstory, the only man to ever knock uh-huh. him out and all this stuff. And it's a fun movie. It's got Jeff Goldblum in it too. Oh yeah. It's got I'm Jamie. The... It's got Jamie Foxx. It's got John Lovitz. Uh, it's just a really fun movie that breezes by. And it's got an interesting uh, hook towards the end that makes you sit on the edge of your seat and wonder what's going to happen. But they do a great job as you're watching the movie, just like if you were, if it were real and you were thinking about buying the pay-per-view, they do a great job of making you buy into Irish Terry Conklin. So it's a really fun movie. I went and saw that at the theater too. And then it become a, a, probably at least a yearly rental for a couple of years. When I worked at the grocery store, I'd rent it at least once a year mm-hmm. and watch it. And I just watched it oh, probably in the last six months. Again, I've got it on DVD. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't see it streaming anywhere right now, but I think you talked about it maybe for our, our fictional sporting events or something we wanted to be at or. I might have, because like I said, they do a good job of hyping that fight. And uh, I would have liked to have been there to see that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, it's just by the cast, man. I need to. That's one I need to check out. So, trading movies here that we haven't seen that we need to check out. Uh, number four on my list, you have definitely seen. At least I would assume you have seen this. Uh, not striptease. No, it is Happy Gilmore at number four. I remember seeing this one in the theater. I remember renting it and owning it on VHS. I I don't think I've ever converted it over to DVD or anything, Um, but it's on HBO Max now if anybody wants to watch it. It's just the the lines that I have spouted from that movie over the years alone needs to be in my top five. That's (laughs) the primary reason. It's been a while since I watched it, but... You know, it's peak, maybe peak Adam Sandler in the comedy. There's tons of great bits in there, you know, of course, with Bob Barker. And, of course, Ben Stiller's character at the home cracks me up, you know, harping on the, his uh, grandma. <laughs> and Chubbs, of course. Uh, <laughs> it's just a, it's a fun movie. I, I can't really go into more detail than that, other than it's just I've I've seen it many times and spotted so many lines from the movie over the years. And you've got uh, Richard Keel, Jaws, you know, Happy Gilmore, drive the ball 400 yards, and he is harping on Shooter, you know, from the crowd, and he looks, oh my God, <laughs> how tall the guy is. And then he gets the nail stuck in his helmet, you know, uh it's I not a shit bigger than you for breakfast. You, <laughs> you eat, eat shit <laughs> for breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so many of those lines, gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? You know, the one I have used the most, the quote from that would be, uh, when his grandma, you know, his girlfriend breaks up with him and his grandma asks about her and he's like, Oh, she got hit by a car. 
<laughs> I have done that for years. That somebody would say, "Hey, uh, whatever happened to such and such?" And I just offhandedly, I say, "Oh, she got hit by a car, or he got hit by a car." And they're like, "What?" Yeah, uh, I saw that in the theater too. So yeah, I and Christopher McDonald's, you know, shooter. He's just such a fun bad guy. I don't, he he fit that role perfectly. You know, he did. But my taste in movies have changed, and I tried watching it sometime in the last year. I just couldn't get into it anymore. It was too, yeah. I don't know, too juvenile, I guess. It's been, a, I don't know, probably maybe a decade since I watched it. So I need to go check it out again and see if I have that same reaction. Because I think you're right. There's a lot of those kind of dumbed down comedies that were hugely popular in the 90s that you try to go back and watch now. And well, it's... You know, I don't know. You got to put yourself back in the era. You know, for me, you know, 95, 96, 97, 94 even, 16 through 19. You know, you think Varsity Blues is the greatest movie ever made for a while when you're that age. And yeah, you know, you just, your taste change. Life evolves. It's still, yeah. I, I have fond memories of it, but I just can't watch it now. If but, well, I don't know. Yeah, I... I don't know. Maybe I just matured slower because I, I remember at college, we had this row of hedges going into the dorm and I would do the, the Jim Carrey thing from, uh, from Ace Ventura. <laughs> Blue 32 Rover set. And I'd jump over the, you know, hedges. Anyway, mm-hmm. it's, uh, I'm easily more easily amused probably than you <clears throat> as well. <laughs> Happy well, Gilmore at number four. My number four movie. Seems to have been, when you look back at it, at least I think this, kind of important. Because I think it brought back the horror movie and that scream. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, up till that point, you were getting like uh, Friday the 13th, part 41 and stuff like that, which were okay, Mm -hmm. I guess. But scream come along and just revamp the horror genre. All the young stars and the great story and. Uh, created a whole new iconic uh, bad guy. Kids today at Halloween still wear the ghost face mask or the screen mask, whatever you want to call it. Oh, yeah. And it was a good movie. Even with the horror element, even uh, you can't remove the horror element, but not even judging it based on is it a good horror movie? It's just a good movie. You know, it it had the bait and switch in it. Like I said, the young stars, the great scene at the beginning where uh, Watch Your Face gets murdered. Yeah, I was just going to say. It's not great yeah. that she got murdered, but here is a big star in the opening five minutes of the movie biting the dust, and you're like, holy crap. You yeah. Know? I was just going to make that segue. Speaking of another movie of an actress I didn't really care about that gets gutted at the beginning and strung up on that tree. Yeah. <laughs> I remember seeing that one in the theater, too. That was more of a... When did that come out? Was that like a summer movie or was that more towards? It came out in December 96. Okay. Because I remember being home from college and all my buddies were like, let's go see Scream. And I wasn't a big horror fan. So that was like, you know, me conquering my fear there of going to uh, the theater to watch a horror movie. And it was good. I mean, I, I'll definitely agree with the number four pick uh, in this list. And... I I think we did go back and see Scream 2. Maybe we rented that one when that eventually came out. But it seemed like those, I want to say those came out pretty quickly. 
between when Scream kind of blew up and then they were like, all right, number two's already here. Right, and number Scream blew up, like you said, number two's coming. Then you got, I know what you did last summer, kind of in the same vein. Mm -hmm. Let's take a bunch of hot young actors and actresses and put them in a movie. It it kind of redefined the genre for a while. I remember renting... Renting the faculty. I think that was about that time too, yeah. with all those like young stars with the crazy. Well, you got the urban legend that come out. You know, mm-hmm. ba- all those movies started popping up after this is the success of Scream. Mm-hmm. Definitely, and, and that's on HBO Max right now. You know, I want to revisit that. All right, uh, number three. Ooh, I just going through the list. I'm surprised I put it this high, but. Again, it goes back to how many times I quote it weekly. Not my favorite uh, David Spade and Chris Farley movie, but it's right there. Black Sheep. Nice choice. I love Black Sheep so much. I mean, if I'm going down the road in the car and I hit a bump, and I, my wife and I will do this. <laughs> a little chunk in the road there. And the other person will say, I just chunked in my pants you know <laughs> uh also while driving remember the, the scene at the beginning where chris farley gets his tie stuck in the trunk of the car and that old couple's in the front seat florid harold we'll say that <laughs> coming down the road um burn baby burn <laughs> yeah <laughs> there's just so many good parts in there yeah when the that, that, that whole scene when he's on the, stage yeah, that was yeah. That's that's another one. I love the whole scene Spouting where they're driving in the car and, and popping yeah. the ground. <laughs> Kill Whitey! <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, voting kicks ass, and you kick ass. You've got some kick ass shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the line of all lines. When they walk back in after he's getting high with that band, he's like, wrecked them, damn near killed them. And they <laughs> bust out laughing, you know. Uh, it's it's just a fun movie. And again, Farley at his, Farley and Spade at their peak, you know, right after Tommy Boy. Um, lots of physical comedy in that one, too. When he's rolling down the hill, you know, trying to deliver that damn flyer. And... Uh, the whole scene with the house too, when it gets shoved off its foundation, you know, and uh, that's <laughs> that's one too that uh, anytime I'm like standing at the fridge, like after we were first married, and I don't know if I'm standing at the fridge and somebody comes up, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm dandy. I got a bowl of chocolate pudding in my underpants. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we didn't have any pudding in there, buddy. Well, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, I could spout lines all day, but I love Black Sheep almost as much as I love Tommy Boy. Well, I'm going to get my third pick, get through it pretty quick, because I got a feeling at this point our top two are the same. So, uh, maybe. Number three, I'm not a Jim Carrey fan, but I think his best performance was in The Cable Guy, and that's really? my favorite movie of 1996. The comedy mixed with the demented nature of the character i thought was really good i was never i never did like ace ventura and stuff like that 
And today I can't really stand Jim Carrey stuff, even watching the old stuff. But the cable guy, well, let me take that back. I love Jim Carrey on In Living Color. Oh, yeah. The cable guy, I think more than it being Jim Carrey, it was the character that I just, I thought was great. Just doing all the stuff to get on Matthew Broderick's nerves Mm -hmm. in that movie and in a demented way. You know, he's like really trying to bring this guy down. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a change of pace for him with his just kind of overacting. And I I don't remember it being, I I think the critics kind of ran it. Well, they probably ran all of his movies through the ringer, but for most of the people that I was, you know, around at the time and, it was just not, it was different than his normal comedy, mm-hmm. but not saying that it was bad, uh, compared to that. It was just different. And a lot of people, I don't think connected with it as much as like, you know, Ace Ventura. I think my favorite movie of his is, uh, the mask. Oh gosh. I can't stand that. Movie. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. Cause it's, it's just him. He's a huge cartoon character. So it was natural to kind of put him in that role, you know? <clears throat> There's one line from the cable guy that I, I quote at least on a weekly basis. And that's when they're playing basketball and Broderick kind of gives him that elbow and he goes, Oh, we're playing prison rules. <laughs> I say that all the time at work when somebody will do or bump into me at work. I'll stop and say, Oh, I see we're playing by prison rules. Okay. <laughs> it just, it rolls off my tongue these days. Yeah. That's, that's surprising. I did have it in my honorable mentions. Because uh, I do remember, again, that was the era that I was well, watching everything that he came out. My three, four, and five are interchangeable. I've got two, four, six, eight, ten, eleven. There's eleven movies that any of them could be three through five. So, okay, yeah, I just I don't, picked three. I don't think our, our our number one probably matches, but I don't think our number two does. Ooh. And it was. Uh, there's some in my honorable mentions here that I probably could have snuck in. I, I did take a flyer there, but I'm also going on uh, the movies that I've probably seen the most as well factored in. And my number two is I'm taking Mission Impossible. Oh. It's by far my favorite of the series, even the newer ones, which were still great. Uh, two and three, eh, but, you know, they've, They've added some actors along the way, too, to get me interested in the franchise. Because after two or three, I'm like, this is dumb. <laughs> I want, I like the first one the best. Uh, I thought it had the best cast, Emilio Estevez. And um, just, I like John Voight, too. John Voight's a, a great actor. Mm-hmm. And the whole spy nature, just the the concept of the team and everything, and... Uh, I'm, you know, I'm so focused on James Bond that it's, it's almost in that same world of spies and, uh, it was a fun movie and it had some of those, it, it almost has a little edge, like, um, like the fast and the furious franchise has where you get some of those scenes, like where he is jumps from the dang train to the helicopter, you know, and stuff like that, that you're like, okay. It's living up to its name, in other words. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't know. The, the first one I've seen 50 times, at least, I the would say. The first one is the only one I've seen. Yeah. So, And I, I liked it. It 
it was good for what it was. I mean, yeah. I, I must not have been real impressed with the whole concept or I would have probably watched some more of them, but I liked the first one. Yeah, there's I a lot of the... Watch it again. A lot of those disguises and masks and stuff, too, reveals that make it fun. And the, none of the other movies, they kind of lost that element along the way, and they're just more action movies now than anything. Yeah. But that first one has that real spirit of even the original TV series, I think. Well, yeah, you're right. I wanted to do differ because my number two is Twister, which uh, at the time, like, so we used to have this little group that would go tiny, his brother, Bill, Mango, several other people, just different mix and match groups of us would go. And Twister was one. I can't remember who all went, but we had several people go watch Twister. And uh, at the time it, I mean, the special effects were cool, of course, because it had tornadoes in it. Mm-hmm. But it was just a fun adrenaline movie. You know, they're chasing the tornadoes. They're trying to get in the path. It had a lot of action and stuff. And I'm going to go off on a side tangent here. I've been talking about my <clears throat> new in-home theater. I've discovered that with a screen this large and this high def, watching older movies on it, it kind of kills those older movies now. The special we, effects? Yeah. We watched Twister on it. And where it's so big and so high def, you can see so many flaws enough that it takes you out of the movie viewing experience. Hmm. So like you could see the digital edges of the tornadoes when we were watching it. I'm like, really? Yeah. I'm like, Oh my gosh. It was, you know, I was watching the original DVD, which I still have the original DVD. Fun fact. Twister was the first movie released on DVD. And I have that DVD. So <laughs> maybe I need to get like a Blu-ray copy and it would be just fine. But yeah, I've got a copy that I think it was released in what? 97, 99 on DVD, maybe 97. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, it didn't hold up in the viewing experience, but the movie, the story, I think still good. The Razzies or whatever can trash it all they want, but the story was okay. They're chasing their tornado chasers. It's not like they're, they were trying to write the next Godfather. It was <laughs> right. Yeah. You're chasing yeah. tornadoes and it's about the action and the effects. Absolutely. So it's still great in that regard. Yeah. It's been a while since I watched it as well, but I remember watching it in theater too. And that was it. The, the effects at that time just have got, they got progressively better after watching, you know, like Jurassic park and things like that. And I, we were wild by him back then, but yeah, I can see that now <laughs> you get the digital high def stuff. Maybe some of that doesn't hold up as much as it does, but well, you remember the uh, scene with the cows. The, yeah, right. Yeah. That was in the trailer right? on, on this big high def screen. Those cows looked like stickers stuck on the <laughs> tornado. And I'm like, Oh gosh. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So. Well, I don't see it streaming anywhere right now. So if you've got a copy of it, that's where you're going to have to watch it. And this is Uh, the time of year to watch it. It's tornado season. True. Yeah. Popcorn movie, you know, Mm -hmm. very watched it. uh, I guess two weekends ago, we watched it here. Me and my oldest. I have uh, been on the, it's not really a ride, but the little attraction at universal studios. It's fun. It, you go inside and it's like a, you know, uh, a tornado hit the house and you, they take you out to this almost like stage area 
and they get all the people down there and then they start blowing the wind and they have cows that will come in on, you know, like cables and stuff. And, uh, like you're essentially around that scene and trying to hide in the house. Uh, interesting ride traction. Uh, you know, this was gosh, almost 21 years ago that I was in there, but I don't even know if they still have it there or not. It's, it's crazy. All these movies, that they did rides for at some of these parks that they're, well, we, this movie's 20 years old. We got to do something else now, you know, <laughs> anyway. All right. Uh, so number one, I would guess, uh, we're ready to whip ET's ass, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Independence day. Uh, I just hands down. I don't, there wasn't a movie. I don't think close in this year that would knock that one off its pedestal for me. No, it was a movie that I don't know if it's the same for you. I mean, we get excited about movies and you look forward to seeing them, but that one, like a lot of people in this area were just, just couldn't wait for that movie. Everybody was waiting on it to drop. Mm-hmm. And I think what day, what, what day did it premiere? Was it July 2nd that it premiered? I believe it was. Yeah, it was. I don't think it was on the actual July 4th holiday. It was very close though. Right. Like that weekend well, or see, whatever. Because in the movie, the first day of the events is July 2nd. Second. Yeah. And that's the day I'm pretty sure. Because I remember we went opening day to watch it at our little theater. Mm-hmm. And was not disappointed. And it was, a lot of people don't remember, it was Will Smith's. He had been doing uh, The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, but this was like his first big movie, though. Right. And he knocked it out of the park. Oh, he did. Yeah, he no doubt. And I love the humor kind of intermixed in there. Uh, of course, I like Jeff Goldblum in the movie too. Even Harry Connick Jr., you know, as uh, Will's mm. not really partner, but flying buddy. His wingman. His wingman. And uh, of course, Randy Quaid. You got to love his character in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, there's just a lot of different elements and almost like different groups in the movie. You got the the air force team you got like randy quaid's family and stuff you got the the white house and all the the people there so it's fun when those people all kind of intermix together finally towards the end and just you know in the trailers and stuff how crazy was it to uh again the effects where the white house blows up and the shot of the was it the empire state building the chrysler building the Chrysler building just, you know, straight down the center of that and exploding. Yeah, no, that was, I'm sorry. That was the Empire State Building. That really got me excited, too, to, oh, my gosh, these special effects. And, yeah, it was a little bit of everything, you know, sci-fi and action. and. Uh, it, there's a lot of movies that, that uh, you could say this about, but this truly was a summer blockbuster. Of course, mm-hmm. judging by the money, but with the hype and the deliverance and everything, too, it lived up to the hype. Absolutely. Yeah. What did they have like a fast food promotion with that? I was thinking there was uh, there was maybe a fast food promotion and other things kind of around that. Well, we've reviewed the trading cards, too, on uh, which were crazy, those panoramic cards. But it seemed like there was some merchandise and stuff around it as well to kind of get that hype going. Well, let's say 1996. I'm sure there were pogs for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. Again, what can you say? It was the the top movie of the year. I think um, probably for nine out of ten people, you know. 
screw this uh, English patient noise. It's <laughs> that should have won the Oscar. <laughs> and let's just pretend the uh, the sequel never happened. Yeah, yeah. I took. I remember you uh, warning me, and I took a flyer on buying the uh, the Blu-ray for whatever it was, five dollars. <laughs> and uh, I've watched it a total of once, and it'll probably remain once. Was not well done. No, they. I think they made a movie to make a movie to capitalize on their previous success. Yeah, <laughs> and I was excited too when it I learned they were going to do a sequel. I'm like, oh, I didn't see it in the theater, and then I heard all the people that I did know that went to see it were like, yeah, skip it. <laughs> I was like, no, ah, oh. because there was a fun kind of world they built there, you know. Anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, how about some honorable mentions here? One that I just watched last night on HBO Max that I had not watched in a long time. It's a very fun movie. The Long Kiss Goodnight. It's one I've not seen that one either. Oh, gosh, you've got to see that. Sam Jackson and um, Gina Davis. Mm -hmm. Just fun. It's uh, a story where she's living this... uh, like regular life, but she's had amnesia and doesn't remember her past and come to find out she's an assassin. It's, mm-hmm. it's fun. I think you'd enjoy it. Even just for Sam Jackson alone. <laughs> I love his character in the movie. What else you got for honorable mention? Uh, strip tease. Uh, the Razzies kind of razzed on Sylvester Stallone as worst actor for daylight. That's a movie we just rewatched a couple months ago. Eh. It's an all right disaster movie. I don't remember if I've seen it much about it, really. Well, that's where uh, the Holland Tunnel collapses with people inside of it, and he goes in to uh, try to get them out. It's it's a good movie. Okay. Kingpin, we've talked about it on some former episode. Yeah. That's my honorable. I I have watched The Rock in the last, uh, probably this year sometime and uh still a fun movie for what it is uh tin cup have to mention that probably my favorite kevin costner it's up there there's a there's a couple of his that probably i could interchange there but uh for for what tin cup is it's a fun movie there's one I, i had to put on the list it's so bad but i for some reason remember renting it quite a bit and uh watching it over the years called down periscope have you seen that one? Nah, Kelsey I don't Grammer. know what it is, but I've not watched it. It's a whole, it's a submarine movie, comedy movie. Rob Schneider and uh, Lauren Holly. Uh, I have not watched it probably in 20 years, but I do remember enjoying it for what it was. And then uh, the only other one I had marked down here, just because I remember seeing it in the theater and it was the only time I think I've ever watched it was Mars Attacks. Have you watched that? No, but I'm going to. Don't spoil it for me. I won't because I don't remember much about it other than the, uh, the president, I think is Pierce. No, he's not the president. Who is the president? Is it Jack Nicholson? Yes. Okay. And Pierce Brosnan, like one of his cabinet or something. It was, I don't know. (laughs) Different. I'll say, but, uh, yeah, I, I do remember seeing that one in the theater out of the whole list here. And Fargo is one 
I know I've seen a, a couple times, but it's been a long time. It's one of those movies that I just, I don't know, when you build all up that tension, especially uh, William H. Macy's character at the dealership, you know, I don't know. I put myself in his shoes in that movie more than anybody else, and there's just all that just stuff going on around him and that tension building and building and building throughout the whole movie. I can't, it's, I don't know. I get frantic when I, when I'm trying to watch it. So I was just underwhelmed by it. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's, uh, I think it's going to do it unless you had any more you want to throw out there. Nope. Not here on, uh, the time machine show. Okay. Well, let's, uh, jump back in the time machine. We'll leave 1996 in the box office there and we'll head back to the present time. Tell you what's coming up on After Hours. All right, we are back. We hope you enjoyed our trip back to 1996, reviewing uh, the movies from that year. Tell us how... uh, you would have ranked your list, the one to five, over there on Twitter at Tier and Social, or you can also tag us at RD80s at Yesterdayville. And uh, tell us how you would have ranked your 1996 top films. Would love to hear that this week. Also, if you use uh, Apple Podcasts, we'd love to get your quick star rating and review over there. Help us climb up the charts as we ask each week. Uh, we also have After Hours coming up later today. Mick, what are we going to be talking about? We're going to stay in 1996, and we're going to keep talking about movies. Okay. That sounds good to me. We definitely didn't name them all. <laughs> Just going through the, the initial list that I had, so <laughs> we'll, we'll keep talking. I also uh, wanted to talk briefly about the Perry Mason TV series on HBO Max. I finished that this week, and I uh, wanted to give you my review and thoughts on that. So we'll save that for after hours as well. But uh, for Mickey, this is Jason. Thanks so much for listening to the Retro Network Time Machine. And we will see you next week. Definitely memorable. Gosh, my voice is crazy tonight. So probably hitting puberty. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I'll get enough of that in this house. Anyway. This has been a presentation of the Retro Network.